Hi, my name is Vishesh Chatra, and I play Jack Derusher in episode 204 of Cobra Kai. You are listening to the Cobra Kai Companion Podcast. Now, why isn't my kid listening to this? Back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. And today's interview is with Vishesh Chatra, who played Jack in season two of Cobra Kai. During our conversation, I listed off a few projects that he had been a part of in just less than 10 years. And again, you guys, it's so impressive that there were just other projects that I wasn't able to list at that point, but uh, very notable shows. I think one of the other ones that I didn't get to mention was uh, Hawaii 5 and the movie Vice, starring Christian Bale and Sam Rockwell and Amy Adams and just a big cast of people. But Vishesh, who also goes by V, shares a really great story about a moment he shared with his sister while being on set of Cobra Kai. And this is our conversation. Hey, Peter. Vishesh, uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Uh, well, for, first of all, you know, you you were in season two of Cobra Kai. Congratulations on the the debut on Netflix. Uh, it it must be overwhelming for you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Cobra Kai, man. It was a uh, it was a dream to do uh, be a small part of this show. I was a big fan growing up, and uh, I'll tell you, it lived on on YouTube Red for a while, YouTube Premium. But when it hit Netflix, that's when so many people started watching it. So I've just loved getting the the notes and messages and, and uh, it's been really fun and rewarding for me. So thank you for having me. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think we all knew that it was going to be big, right? Because Netflix, everybody has Netflix. And if you don't subscribe yourself, you can use somebody else's account, right? Am I wrong? Um, but <laughs> honestly, I'm a, hey, be careful, man. I'm I'm a I'm a shareholder, so okay. uh, I don't want to hear about all that. Right? Oh, sure, 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 sure. Okay, but yeah. um, as a content creator, for me, like my uh, the subscriptions has gone up on the YouTube channel, and um, the followers went up on social media. So I can only imagine what it's like to be somebody that is a part of the show and. And all the notifications they're getting every time they pick up their phones and, and things like this, um, so so pretty uh, pretty crazy and just a uh, a feat in itself because um, Cobra Kai is actually breaking records and it's already made it into the top ten in the Nielsen Nielsen ratings, I believe, you know, for um, for streaming. So uh, just really exciting things and a lot of opportunities to come, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I certainly hope so for the show. And uh, you know, my 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 character Jack Derusher is uh, is not gone. So whoever's listening to this, the forces in the universe, maybe he comes back, and we have some fun with that too. I, I do think it's interesting that your character was given a last name. So um, you know, that could be something, and that's something we can uh, definitely look to the future for for sure. Yeah, well, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, that the fan base notices small stuff like that. I was uh, I was happy about that myself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This this, this fandom. It's um, 
I don't want to compare it to the Star Wars fandom, but you know the the hardcore fans they definitely um, they're looking at all the details on the screen. They're they're dissecting all the dialogue and and things like that. So it's a very dense show, and um, it's just brilliantly written. The, the writers are all very creative of how they weave the story together and breathe also you know fresh life into like new characters and stuff. So. Um, Incredible show, obviously. I mean, we, we, we cover it here at the podcast. But uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Oh, where are you from originally, like growing up? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was born and raised in a little town called Blacksburg, Virginia, in Southern Virginia. And um, grew up there, uh, spent my life in Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee, um, kind of in in my adult life. Nashville, Tennessee uh, had been my home before I moved to Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, born and raised in Southern Virginia. I'm a, I'm a Southern guy, man. And I actually, interestingly, I went to undergrad, uh, at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. So I had lived in Atlanta and that's where we, you know, we shot the show. That's so right. it was, uh, it was a, it was a great homecoming, uh, every time I get to work in, in Atlanta, especially on a show like this. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Because you're, um, you probably still have like friends and family in the area that you get to go visit too. Yeah, of course. Now, um, growing up, like in school, did, um, what kind of activities were you into? Were you ever into like sports or, or um, acting, drama, theater, things like that? <laughs> it's funny. I kind of, I, I did it all. So growing up, uh, I was really into sports. I played football and basketball growing up, a little bit of baseball. Um, and I also did the theater when I could. And one of the great things that, that I did in high school was, um, we did a show called comedy night live and it was kind of like our version of Saturday night live. And that, uh, that was really kind of some of the stuff that really gave me this acting bug that never left my life. And actually the first play that I was in was in eighth grade. We did our town. We did our little school production of our town and remarkably, at age 13 or 12 or whatever it was, I could like grow a beard. I was like the only kid in school that could grow a beard. So they had me like play one of the dads, which was freaking hilarious. Um, but really from that moment, you know, I knew that I wanted to be an actor and my path was quite circuitous. I, um, I didn't do it for a very long time. I studied engineering in, in college and undergrad and then finance in grad school. And, um, you know, I worked on wall street and I was a corporate development guy. And, um, I did that into my thirties before I started acting. But what I always tell people is that you can only run away from who you are for, for so long. So it came back and, and I made it part of my life and, and now it's my career and I love it. Now, um, with your background, was there any kind of pressure from your parents to pick like a like a specific type of field? You know, you 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 mentioned uh, finance and engineering. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, my my parents. I'm of Indian descent. My parents uh, were born and raised in India, and they immigrated here and and met here. Uh, but there always is a, a very strong influence of am, an emphasis on academics and my dad has a phd in engineering and operations research you know my mom has a master's degree as well so indian people are really educated and so there, there certainly um is that subconscious thought of success is is tied to degrees and um and education in some of the 
some of the math and sciences. Uh, and that's, that's pretty stereotypical. I didn't feel any direct pressure from my parents. That was the question. But, um, I do think that when you grow up with a dad who puts on a suit every day and goes to work and, and, uh, my, my dad was a software guy. So you kind of see that and that becomes the normal. So it becomes kind of part of your thought process. And, for that reason, acting may not have been on the forefront as a viable career option. Uh, I had to use my imagination on that later in life. <laughs> but it, it sounds like they were um, supportive uh, w- with any direction you would have gone. Yeah, they certainly were. And it's amazing what your kids can accomplish when every journey in life kind of leads a path that that comes back to a, a loving and supportive home. And that was certainly the the situation for me. And um, when I had the conversation with my parents in my early 30s about completely switching careers and leaving all that education behind uh, to pursue acting, they were really supportive of that, too. So I've been very lucky in that sense. Oh, that's yeah, that's amazing. Um, So what was it? What what made you decide in your early 30s to make that big switch? Well, um, I was, I had left wall street a few years prior to 2013 and, um, I was doing corporate development and for a software business that was being sold. And every time you have one of those engagements, one of those jobs, there's an end to it because once you sell the business, you kind of are eliminating your own job. Um, so I was in, uh, in one of those deals and, um, I had to kind of figure out what I was doing next. And I'll tell you the turning point was like a 1 a.m. scotch conversation with my dad over, you know, my dad and I both love, uh, love a good scotch. And we were just talking about life. And in that moment, I, I, I don't know what it was, but I just kind of decided to to tell him the truth. And that one of the only things that I, the only thing that I've ever really, really wanted to do was be an actor and uh, I got to tell you, he wasn't really surprised and he didn't have any hesitation. He was just like, in his accent, I'll say, he was like, well, what are you waiting for? You know, you've proven everything you need to go do it. Life is short. And that was it. That was all I needed. I spoke to my mother wow. the next day about it and, you know, immediately talked to my wife about it and kind of sideswiped her with that conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, I put it in motion after that. And that was 2013. And here we are in 2020. I've done 13 TV shows, uh, several studio movies, and a bunch of other projects, and I am just really loving this pursuit. Yeah, it's quite amazing um, and very impressive what you've done in uh, you know just under a decade here, just according to your credits. Uh, you, you've been on very notable shows, uh, Days of Our Lives, uh, Crim- Cr- uh, Criminal Minds, Emmy-winning Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so a variety of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was it like working with a grizzly bear on Silicon Valley? <laughs> Man, I love it. You're paying attention. Um, <laughs> that was one of the most ex- exhilarating experiences of of my life. Um, it was it was remarkable. I was a big Silicon Valley fan before I booked the show, um, and I really loved that. I, I you know I, I looked up to to Mike and all the creators, and um, that was just a, a, sh- a show that I loved. So when I got the opportunity to, to do an episode, um, I would have welcomed it regardless. But then, you know, when I saw in the script that we were going to be working with a real grizzly bear, <laughs> I was like, okay, where else, where else can you do something like that? And it was funny because in the audition, when 
for those who are not actors, what happens is you get, you only get parts of the script. We call them sides. So you get your scenes, the scenes that you're actually going to be in. And that's basically it most of the time, unless it's a, unless it's a much bigger role and then they give you the whole script or, or at least the episode script. Um, but in television, sometimes they're not even done. So they just give you sides. And when I read the sides, I saw that there was a bear but in your mind, you picture, you know, maybe like a little cub or even a replica. You know, you don't imagine that there's going to be this 12 foot tall grizzly bear, one ton or however much these things weigh uh, live on the set with you. So it was remarkable. Um, I, I will say that that was the day that we shot that was probably the least amount of people on set of any show that I've done because what they do is they kind of eliminate everybody who doesn't absolutely have to be there. And, um, then safety officers come in from the network, uh, from production, you know, the, the wildlife people come in, the cops come in, um, HBO risk management was there. And, uh, then we had like a little meeting and they told us, you know, basically this bear is going to come in and um he's here's how he's gonna act and they kind of just prep you and so two really funny things happened one there was this there was this wire that was separating us from where the bear was going to come in and they told us whatever you do don't touch the wire and i thought oh well that's natural because you'll probably get electrocuted or something if you touch the <laughs> wire and they said no don't touch the wire because nothing will happen because the wire is nothing and then the bear will see that it's nothing and then he'll know that he can walk through it <laughs> oh that makes sense so so that made us feel really safe um and then the second thing that was great was they <laughs> The last instruction that they got before we started rolling was uh, they told us nobody make any sudden movements. And then right before we started, started the director called action, they asked me and uh, the other actors that I was working with to run into the scene. So you tell us not to make any sudden movements. Then you tell us to run into the scene. So uh, the life of an actor um, it was, yeah. And then I think on the first take, one of the actors that I was working with, um, you know, the bear comes in and we're supposed to be acting naturally, but it, it takes your focus. And, uh, so I think one of the guys, uh, I won't, I won't mention names, but, um, one of them kind of froze up and we had to start over and we did it a few times, but I'll say that the, the bear was very cooperative. Uh, he's very calm. I made <laughs> okay. I made eye contact with okay. him. I was very friendly with him, and he's a bigger celebrity than all of us. So uh, it was uh, it was really fun fun working on that that shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to look up his uh, Instagram account. I definitely want to see what else he's been doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed. I'm not. Uh, the, his name is escaping me. Um, but uh, I, I believe that it was the same bear that, that's been in some pretty famous movies and might have been the one who mauled Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, in, right. Uh, Revenant. In the, in the Revenant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You <laughs> might be right. Maybe. Might be honest. <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe. They, you know, they all look alike. I, I'm going to have to check that out. You, you know, I, I fell behind on um, Silicon Valley and it's just one of those things. Like, it's a brilliant show, but there's just so many other shows that people are watching. So I think. I think around the time that I stopped watching Silicon Valley is because I was watching Game of Thrones. But again, just so many things, but that's <laughs> that's definitely one I need to catch up on for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, check it out. I'm in. I'm in season seven, and uh, brilliant show. I'm really, really proud of that, and proud of everybody uh, associated with that show. All right. Uh, well, let, let's talk about Cobra Kai here. Um, I think th- I think we have a lot to talk about, especially. Uh, it, it it sounds like you were um, like a lifelong fan of this. You you wanted to be the Karate Kid and drive in the Super Ford Deluxe. Oh man, yeah. Again, I'm impressed with your research. Um, it, this so my sister was a huge Karate Kid fan growing up, and my sister's a couple years older than I am, and uh, she was in love with Johnny. Uh, you know, Billy Zabka's character. And um, so uh, when I booked the show, both of us were just very, very nostalgic about it because uh, we were huge fans. And it was just one of those those go-tos that we watched over and over as kids. And we said the lines. And interestingly enough, uh, a little later in life, um, this is a roundabout, again, circuitous way of the universe working but my sister uh had been working on a the millennial campaign when uh 2000 came around and so she was a, a part of that and she got invited to the white house for the new year's eve party in 1999 well guess who was there pat Morita was there uh okay. and you know we got to meet him. yeah we got to meet him and hang out with him and i was a teenager at the time um but i've got a great picture that uh you know when i got the set i showed everybody and he was obviously a very very good big part of the the originals and everybody has a has great memories of him um so it's just kind of always been part of my life and uh yeah one of the the most iconic images that i had from growing up and loving the karate kid was was the car and um i'll tell you the first day that we were on set we shot we were shooting at a country club and i went out um i, I guess the pa had, had got me to 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 walk out and, and to meet hayden and, and josh who were there that day and um i walked out of the country club and there she was there was the car and you know i just remembered being a little kid dreaming of being the karate kid and driving that car and and there it was and um you know i texted my sister and we did a quick little facetime and i showed her and like we just cried and we had all those great memories came back uh because i was there and um i never never really had imagined that my life would come full circle like that so it was a beautiful moment it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, um, you sharing that story is kind of making me feel a little warm, you know, just um, happy to hear that story that you guys can share that. You know, I people who listen to our show know that Brianna and Amy and I, um, you know, part of this podcast, we've been to the set. And so I, I have my moment where I'm standing in Miyagi's backyard and just you know, yeah, yeah. speechless and just kind of, and, and, and there you are, you know, sucking down a cold one with Ralph Macchio, <laughs> you know, <and> there's, that, <laughs> there's that great picture of you and him in front of the car too. Oh yeah, man. And, uh, and Ralph just, you, everything that you could imagine about how nice and gracious this guy is, uh, you know, he is, and, and maybe you've gotten the chance to meet him, yeah. but a uh, really, a really great, a really great thing happened uh, before I met and got to work with, with Ralph, um, I, I found out that I booked the show and I was actually at a, a business class reunion, um, 
my my business class had their reunion. I went to to business school at Vanderbilt in Nashville, and um, so we had a reunion. And when I found out that I had booked it, I excused myself. I took the took a phone call, and when I came back, some of my buddies that were standing around were having a drink. I told them, uh, you know, first I told my wife and then I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, shooting Cobra Kai. And I, I actually, it was already in the Southeast. So it was, I was not far from Atlanta and my buddy standing next to me, Nick is a guy from Jersey. And he said, oh, well, I'm going to text Ralph and tell him that you're going to be working with him in two days. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Uh, so I, yeah, so he was, he was friends with, uh, with Ralph from Jersey and, um, so he sent him a message. So Ralph kind of knew who I was. And, and, you know, you have to understand that sometimes when you're a guest on uh, a single episode of a show, it's, you're just kind of in and out. And, um, it, it, and sometimes not everybody knows exactly who you are when you come in, but it was really neat. You know, Ralph had a piece of reference because we had a friend in common. Uh, and so I got to, to introduce myself and, and he already, he already had some history there and, uh, just really loved catching up with the guy and, and working with him. That's amazing. Um, now that country club, was that shot in Atlanta? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause I know some, sometimes that they do film in, you know, LA just for the scenery, just to kind of place a show in California and not in Atlanta. So, um, I guess most of that stuff is like on location. So you can't even really tell, you know, if it was Georgia or, or California anyway. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a really great shot. Um, if, if you're remembering the episode, they had the shot of, um, of Ralph and the kids driving, up the PCH on the way to the country club. Right. And so they obviously shot that. They obviously shot that out here in, in Los Angeles. But then when you get to the country club and, you know, he parks the car, we're in Atlanta, but Hey, who knows the difference? Right. And, yeah. um, that's, that's the movie magic. That's movie magic. Um, right, right. so I obviously I was not, I was not with them when they shot the PCH shot, but, uh, but we picked it up in, uh, at the country club outside of Atlanta. There we go. Yeah, we we like hearing the all that inside stuff. So yeah, because I was like, okay, you got maybe, it, man. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, how, how much interaction uh, did you have with Kim Fields uh, off camera? Man, it was so neat to meet to meet <laughs> Kim. Um, and she was she was so wonderful, and you know, all my friends were excited. Oh, you're gonna meet and work with Tootie, and and she's been doing this for so long. Um, I. Uh, Loved talking to her, chatting. Um, I didn't actually, I didn't see her too much because uh, she, I think, had been in some other shots and she had some other stuff going on that day. But when we did get a chance to to meet, she was so warm. And I think um, one thing that we as actors always love to do is when you meet somebody who's had such a long and, and wonderful career like she does, you just want some of that juju to rub off on you. And yeah, so yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was great having a great having a few laughs with with Kim. I don't. I don't want to throw her under the bus here, but since you guys were talking about in, info, inside info here, uh, she was uh, so excited after we shot that scene to get a picture with Ralph because apparently she said that he was like her like little celebrity crush when she was younger. So, <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. got some uh, we got some good pictures uh, with Kim and and Ralph and uh, another actor, Darwin Harris, who's become a buddy of mine now. Um, we were all kind of in that country club scene and we had a good time together. Yeah. It sounds like a good time too. Uh, how long would you say, um, you know, did you guys shoot uh, that scene for? 
That scene was one day. Um, okay. And it was uh, it was several segments that, as you see in the final episode, they they split it up. But we shot that uh, pretty continuously. They moved the cameras around a little bit. But um, we there on one day we had the establishing stuff of Ralph entering the um, country club and then kind of seeing Jack. And there was a there was actually an interaction there that uh, that didn't make the final cut, but uh, we shot that on a separate day, and then we moved to the back of the country club around the pool area for for day two in that location. What what was that um, that part that was cut? Was it just uh, kind of saying hello, getting reacquainted, really? I don't remember. I think there was a line. Ralph had a line and maybe I had one, but then we improved a little bit. But but what you're describing is exactly correct. He he approached and um it kind of planted the seed of he wanted to talk later, that kind of thing. Like, hey Jack, what you got going on? Or good to see you again. And then we kind of we kind of set the seed of um yeah, maybe we'd catch up for a beer later in the afternoon, which which, you know, was the scene itself. Uh, but that point obviously came across the way that they they cut it in the end because you see, you see Ralph having the thought of Hey, is that Jack? Uh, and then there's a thought in the back of his head, and that's all you need. And then right. it makes sense that we catch up for the beer later. Yeah, the, the show is so well paced too. The it, it, the the little things that we find out about from other actors about things being cut, it, it makes sense why it's cut. And sometimes we're like, Oh man, why did they cut that? It sounds so good. But there's that expression in Hollywood: you you kill your darlings, you know. Um, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For for pacing purposes, I totally get it. It's such a it's such an experience as an actor because we want, you know, we want everything that we do to be on the camera, and um, and we want it all to be good, and we you know we want to be seen, and that's just yeah, that's part of the deal for us. But it's even more enjoyable to give the good stuff and then not know how it's going to turn out and then watch it as a fan, which I really enjoy. A lot of people say they don't like to watch their own stuff. You know, I'm kind of still relatively new to this, so I love watching my own stuff and this was no exception. I I think when, you know, when you watch your own stuff or when you listen to your own podcast, like in my case, you, they always say that you're your um your worst critic, right? And I, I feel that's how you become better at something is to kind of consume your own content and f- find out ways to improve yourself. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what's beautiful about watching the final cut of a, a scene that we do is sometimes they will take something from it that you weren't even imagining. And if you're doing your job right as an actor, you're not conscious of what is happening and how that's being viewed by the camera and recorded by the camera. So when you get surprised with that, that's a real gift and that's a real great experience. And that, you know, and that happened on, on this, uh, some of the reactions and stuff, uh, you know, you don't even remember that you did that because you're, job is to be out there living life like it's real and uh so then when you see it played back on the camera it's and edited properly in the sound and everything it's it's just a really great experience now was that real corona you guys were drinking (laughs) you know i've heard some people do drink alcohol on set but uh we were not Uh, they have this solution well because you have to imagine that 
if you're really drinking it and making it real, we sometimes we do 30 takes. You know, you're going to drink 30 beers. I don't think you're going to be acting very well after that. Um, so they had a uh, they had some solution that was really, really sweet. I mean, honestly, it's, maybe I would have preferred it to be a real beer after all that, after sipping that real sweet solution that they had. Um, so they, they weren't real beers. But what was what was really fun was uh we had to work on trying to synchronize the the lemons or the lime squeeze in the uh corona bottles because if if you remember in the first shot it picks up and both ralph and i are are putting the lime in the corona uh and so we did that a few times and and they were they i'm sure there's some really great outtakes of that it looks great the reason i ask because every time i watch that scene i see the lime I drink Corona. I drink the Corona with a lime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. and you can see a little bit of the foam. So it's just you know credit to is it prop uh, that that makes yeah, that? Prop, or, so okay, the, yeah, yeah. So Becca Canyon is the prop master. Yeah, man. And I um I would imagine uh, other people have input on it. I I don't remember exactly uh, who was directly responsible for that, but they're you know it's they're the best in the world at what they do, and so you see something like that, and you don't believe that it's it's not real uh, because it's supposed to be real, and so I'm glad it made made you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. This that, see, I, I love getting my mind blown to find out things like that, just the littlest details, and that's why I love the show so much, and, and speaking to everybody involved. Um, now, during uh, your 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 scenes, um, were there any lines that okay so basically your dialogue is that all on paper did did you have any room to kind of improvise or uh kind of just work around each other we were totally on script uh for that those scenes and um so it's you know it's a balance depending on what the tv show is some tv shows they really like you to bring a little bit of your own stuff be ready to improvise you'll do that on some takes and then you stick to the script on some others um as a guest actor, you're, you're always allowed to ask, obviously, but it's a better practice to kind of assume that it's your job to know the words exactly and play the scene exactly how it's written, because these are the best writers in the world and they know their words, you know, for the characters better than you do in, in, in a lot of cases. Um, in this case, and particularly as well as being a, a guest actor on on one episode, you're really there to serve the story, and you're there to serve the the regulars and move the story forward. And so we have to have kind of some humility in that and realize what our role is and be a team player. So I didn't go into it expecting to improv very much. I stuck to the script, and I think I got all the words right. Um, I can actually pull it up and. Uh, and refresh my memory on it. But um, yeah, you know, I'm prepared. It's what I do. It's important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll find out in season three if your kid got into karate or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love that. I would love that. And, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about uh, about Kim's kid um, because she, she there was a story there as well. Right, right, yeah, right. Aisha, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as we get ready to wrap up, um, is there any other um, uh, projects that you can uh, talk about or promote um, that listeners can kind of keep an eye out? I, I know that I, I believe uh, um, today, uh, during the time of this recording, you, you're in a movie called She's in Portland uh, that just came out on VOD. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, thank you. Today is the first day of the launch of She's in Portland. Uh, great writer director my my buddy mark carlini um 
who co-wrote and, and directed this film and it's been his project for for years uh so it's wonderful to see it finally finally be out there to the world uh stars tommy dewey uh francois arnaud and um minka kelly and uh i do a short little scene in the beginning with uh with minka kelly and tommy and uh alexis kraus and i hope you guys check it out uh it's a really great movie it's fun funny it's in the vein of uh kind of coming of age for older guys uh going through you know family and life changes and um kind of like a sideways type story uh which i love that movie and and i love this movie so i hope you check it out i'm also in a sitcom bob hart's abishola on cbs and uh you know season one is complete and they're just starting on season two now and i hope you'll see my character dr chakraborty back on that show as well um i did kind of bigger art guests in uh in, C- in excuse me, episode three and four of season one of Bob Hart's Abby Shola on CBS. Yeah, the the one she's in Portland. That's uh, very uh, you know that that one's uh, that one I'm interested in because uh, I am from Portland. So I, I want to see okay. if if any of those scenes were shot locally because um, you know we're kind of a little brother to Seattle and. I think we're starting yeah, to come yeah. up a little bit in terms of filming location, but um, I'm always interested to see what's being shot here. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, but also because you've made such a huge career change, um, you know, in your 30s and quite a drastic one, really. And you've been working ever since. Um, again, I just listed just a few of, of uh, your credits, but you, you have so much more. What kind of advice can you give to people that are doing something else and is considering a career change, perhaps in in acting? Wow. Well, I don't want to be the one responsible for somebody doing <laughs> something dumb like quitting their job to be an actor. You know, just do as I do as I say, not as I do. Uh, jokes aside, it was one of the best decisions of my life. Uh, and like I said earlier, you can only run from who you really are for so long. And you know, deep in your heart, what that thing is you want to be doing. And if you want to be doing it, you know, everybody has responsibilities. Everybody has things that they have to do, but you can make your passions part of your life. And when you take those steps, however small they may be, one leads to the next needs to leads to the next and beautiful things can happen. And so I encourage everybody to just take that first step and make whatever that passion is part of your life and, uh, and see what happens. And ultimately, uh, you know, there comes a time where you got to be fully committed if you want to make a career out of it, but that's not for everybody, but everybody should not ignore their passion and their love and, and what drives them. So I encourage everybody to, to keep that part of their lives. And like I say on all my hashtags, get busy living. That's my thing. I, I hope everybody takes that. And that concludes my conversation with Vishesh Chachtra. I want to thank him again for giving me the opportunity to speak with him and hear his stories. So you guys heard it. A couple of projects that he promoted there at the very end. She's in Portland and Bob Hart's Bishola. So definitely check those out if you guys are interested. And for us, if you didn't know, we do have a YouTube channel. We've been putting the interviews on there as well if you want to check that out. Uh, we do have the website where all the interviews are posted there as well, CobraKaiCompanion.com. Uh, we have a group page that 
Uh, I may not promote as often enough, but that is available if you want to join our group and have a conversation or discussion about topics and stuff. And we try to keep it friendly, so uh, please be mindful of that. And if you're just discovering our show, uh, please take a moment and go back and check out our archive. We have uh, a bunch of different type of episodes, interviews, episode reviews. We try to have some uh, fun topics and things like that as well. But if social media is your thing, we are on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod. Uh, also available on Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. And that's going to do it for this episode. If you have a moment, please consider leaving an iTunes review. That would really help out the visibility of our show. And as always, thank you for your continued support. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.